Welcome to Brothers Red. Liverpool have drawn the opening game of the season 2-2 with Fulham at Craven Cottage. Matt, disappointing start to the new campaign, it has to be said. Disappointing and I was surprised, to be perfectly honest. I thought we were going to come out all guns blazing, particularly after the Community Shield. I was just surprised by the, the, the quite lethargy, really, and kind of one foot in pre-season and one foot in the first first day of the season. So it was a bit it was a bit of a strange one really and uh, we looked we looked very very passive but to be honest uh, that was a game that we could have lost so in the end and particularly today when I when I think back I'm quite relieved that we got a draw because we could have got beat from we I was very frustrated because it's not it's more the principle or the fact that Fulham outplayed us in terms of work rate performance drive motivation they just had so much more than what Liverpool and Liverpool should have been acutely aware after playing the the top side of the championship, getting promoted for the last four seasons. You said Liverpool should have been aware going into this first game of the season that we need to start strong, don't allow the crowd to build momentum, and just you know we know from the Premiership you don't deserve anything. You've got to work for it, and unfortunately. Matt's 100% right. The result is actually, we've come away with a result which is actually not too bad considering that we were second best. It's strange, isn't it? Because you think that Liverpool would be really up for the first game of the season. It just seemed in the first half, the big players were just coasting, weren't they? Didn't yeah, seem like they were up for it or they weren't aggressive enough, passive. And as, as Fran said, when you when you play any Premier League game, you need to start with that high tempo. We know from a clock team that it's, his approach is that the players should be aggressive, they should press, and you know they should be making runs in behind. And none of that was prevalent yeah. in the first half. Do you want to say what surprised me, James, is how easily Fulham pushed us back. We weren't able to play our normal game for long periods on the front foot, really. And I was looking at some of the stats, and if you look at some of our average positions, player positions over course of the game. A lot of our players were kind of in their own half, which is surprising for us to play so far up. And I think that's the point we're trying to make is Fulham with ease was able to, to push us back, press, and they, were, and they were more aggressive. So therefore they were we it completely disturbed our normal normal game, didn't it? Well I mean uh, two things really and I think Fran called it when we did the the pod last week talking about being a little bit cautious about the game, albeit we all thought it was going to be a, a you know a victory for Liverpool. Some of us a comprehensive victory. When I was talking about maybe starting with two midfielders, um, it was just a back to basics thing, wasn't it? Where Fulham um, and I thought the crowd was really good actually because they were getting on our backs, they were cheering when we give the ball away or we gave away a foul. Just played um, with intensity. You know, you talk about Pep Linders bringing out his book. I mean, it you know it should have maybe had a Fulham coach on it because Liverpool just didn't yeah. do the basics right. I know Dad was saying that you know, sort of out of frustration, Klopp ought to go back to heavy metal football rather than ticky tacky football. But I, I think Liverpool were bizarrely languid, leggy, um, and. Probably the most dam damning thing was that 
and you don't hear this very often, Klopp actually questioned the attitude of the players in the first half. Um, yeah. I just thought we it was a stinker of a performance, really, um, throughout the team. I don't think anyone other than the subs can really hold their head up high as saying that they played well. I thought James' first half, I thought Diaz did OK. He looked the one going forward that was the most, it was looking like he was going to score. He had one way he hit the post, didn't he? And he looked dangerous. He scored one as well. That was offside. He was the only noticeable. I thought uh, Matip as well. Played well first half. First half. First half. First there needs half. to be some bounce to that from because Matip played really well first half in the ball out. But second half, he was at fault. But I think part partly at, at fault for the second goal because the needs of lacks pass. It's a bit of a domino effect, isn't it? Because yeah. when you've got a few players not particularly playing well, and as you rightly said, James, the crowd were up for it. Other yeah, players can, as well. can fall into that trap of of giving the ball away and and not and dropping their level of performance. And I think, as Andy said, Diaz started off quite dangerous. Matip, in my opinion, played was playing particularly well in the first half. But then what happened was the likes of Fab, the likes of Robold, the likes of Trent giving the ball away, and, and Salah in. Um, you know, I mean, and Bobby were just so you know non-existent in particular the first half. I just felt we started lacking confidence, as you rightly said. The basics went. But that was the reason why, wasn't it? Because Fulham, uh, Fulham pushed us back, so we weren't able to play our normal game, and the midfield weren't able to get into the game as well because Fab Fab wasn't his, his normal self. Thiago was was hit and miss trying to get involved. Henderson overall was was hit and miss, but. Um, we, we couldn't get a grip of the game probably because of the midfield. It's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, James, you did say Bernard during the pod last week that he did say you would have started Nunes. And I was a bit skeptical. I thought, well, the way it's working at the moment, bringing Nunes on second half to change the game, I thought we'd have enough ammunition to, to get a few goals first half against Fulham. But on reflection, it's easy with, with hindsight. But yes. when Nunes came on, I know we'll come on to talk about that second half, but it was a completely different game and it coming back to the first half, it just didn't work, did it? Firmino was there, he was non-existent. Salah in much the same way, but I think in fairness to Salah, he wasn't getting much of the ball, was he, on that side? And it was part of that the breakdown between the disconnect between the midfield. The midfield just didn't, didn't seem to be operational at all. They didn't yeah. perform. You look at the, James, you look at the, uh, the midfield, the quality, the pedigree in that midfield, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's absolutely ridiculous to the amount of quality in there. And they just didn't get a grip of the midfield, the way Fulham were playing. And the link between Robbo and Trent, which we know is so effective going forward, just completely was non-existent. Yeah, Robbo was making some strange all-team decisions in the first half. It was time that Robbo should have played the simple ball. He was trying to skin. He was dribbling the ball, out, wasn't he? Down the line. Right, right near the, yeah, right near the near in our own half it just seemed it was just like a strange yeah, malaise throughout the team and like the only thing I put put my finger on was it was due to as you said James not being not being match fit or match ready which is so surprising because they've had the game the game against it was a you know, really good rehearsal for the season. The only thing I can put it down to is just a bit of naivety and, and maybe they thought the first time but in the first half, given it was a club that had just come up, that it would be 
a bit easy to we couldn't, uh, we couldn't for some reason we couldn't bypass the Fulham press for some reason as well I mean so that's very surprising for Liverpool side side we've never really yeah. faltered against that press really and and for, for some reason Fulham's I think Fulham's press was a bit more central to be perfectly honest and, and very aggressive and, and I just don't think that we could have we, we could deal with it and, and and that's when you're relying on your midfield aren't you to be able to to get stuck in uh, to to be able to fight against that press so we can get the ball forward and I think that was the problem wasn't it which is which is what we're saying it was a midfield yeah it was a midfield issue as well it was a midfield issue but I slightly disagree with Andy in terms of the fitness aspect and it's an interesting point and I think we should go on to it as Matt said during the game that we've got a game against Villa behind closed doors which we'll go on to talk about James but in that game particularly the first half, I didn't really feel that there was a gulf in terms of fitness on the pitch. I just think Fulham wanted it more. They had The team worked better together collectively in terms of distributing the ball and working together. The press, as we've talked about already. But in terms of fitness, I'm slightly on the fence because I'm more disappointed and frustrated that we go into the season after that great result against City the week before. And... We were so disjointed. And I know we are going over the same things there. Disjointed, but also just second best. And that's I think for me is personally quite hard to deal with. I think that I think that game behind closed closed doors might be off now though. I think I've heard glorious mm-hmm. rumours from you then. You well, I don't know if that's going on now, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I I th- I think that um in 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 calling out their attitude in the first half, I think in particular, I mean, it was the sort of first 50, 55 minutes, we were just a shadow of our normal self. Um, Klopp's basically saying that um, it wasn't tactical, it was the the application of the players. I mean, it's pretty damning, isn't it? You don't often hear him. I mean, he didn't go in, in with it strong in terms of his tone, but for me, to use that word is is pretty um, significant. I don't know whether they were feeling a bit complacent and confident after their performance last week against City. Maybe they thought they'd be able to um, just ease their way in back to the Premier League. I mean, you know, most of us, other than, other than Fran noting a, a word of caution, we're, we're pretty confident Liverpool will just swap them aside. And as I say, I think we just stunk out the place, to be honest. I just think we were awful. Um, I don't really want to criticise individual players because I think the the whole team was poor. The whole operation, the machine, uh, you know, we'll talk about the goals as well. Um, But, I mean, Hendo's passing percentage or passing success was 71%, which is which is low for him. Um, and I know he's a bit of a lightning rod sometimes, isn't he, Hendo? Unbelievably for criticism. Um, Fabinho's was 81%, Thiago's was 87%. I don't I don't know if you guys felt. I mean, it was it was just like we couldn't get hold of the ball and control it. There was like it seemed to me like there was a record number of headers in the sort of central area of the pitch, you know, just would, would, but, you know, people were trying to get, you know, kind of flick things on and then it would come back and it would be head tennis. And then normally Fabinho 
or um, Tiago, um, or, or you know, and Henderson would kind of part of what they do is they kind of repackage the ball, so they kind of get it in a difficult position. They bring it under control and then they they redistribute it. And for me, you know, going back to basics, as you say, Fran, I just don't think the midfield ever got a grip of the game. I just it was just there was a disconnect as well with the forward line. And I did tweet during the match, you know, whether there was a water shortage in Fulham because I, I thought it, I thought it was very tactically astute for Fulham not to water the pitch because the ball wouldn't roll. So I think, you know, starting off really in a malaise, we couldn't then get going because I think the pitch was shocking. And what I eventually I happened? I didn't know if I seen that first time. Was, did they, it was dry, the pitch, was it? It was dry, but I thought I'd seen on TV the pitch was being watered to start the game. It doesn't matter, but you could tell, couldn't you, and Cop picked up on it, James, that the ball didn't seem to be moving very quickly. Whether that was just the players not moving it fast enough, but it seemed to be more due to the pitch. So the, it almost yeah. seemed slow, didn't it, when it's gone across the midfield. Yeah. It made it look that Liverpool looking more leggy. But, James, going back to the midfield point, it's about just being aggressive, isn't it? You know, those midfielders getting a foot in, Fulham had two or three, maybe more fouls in the first half, just getting stuck in. Like Diaz was passing through rattling, the rattling. Yeah, just making it uncomfortable. But that's what Liverpool, that's our DNA, isn't it? Under Klopp was to be aggressive on the front foot, on the front foot. Hassle, press. And that was just, there was just none of that from the midfield. It was almost like they'd just, they'd just woken up. There wasn't a there wasn't a water shortage at uh, twenty six Hall, haven't you? See, Cullen <laughs> had like nine nine cups of tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I think um, the 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 concern for me is the is the 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 attitude of the players, and you know, listen, oh, we've said this before, haven't we? When Liverpool have had a a bit of a, um, a you know a, a slightly dodgy performance, and there was there was a few weren't there early on last season. You know, for example, Brighton at home, and the, the you know the the Brentford and the West Ham games. But for me, it was just really, as as you said, Matt. I think maybe disappointing and surprising that we were that poor. I mean, one of the things you have to do when you're struggling is just is just make sure you don't concede a goal. And that first goal for me was quite a poor one to to concede and. Um, Mitrovic um, was made to look a world beater, um, to be honest, because I just think with the, with, the, with the rest of his team, his confidence was just growing during the match as Liverpool toiled. And um, uh, we made you know, him look like a, qu- a quick striker, you know, someone who's quite athletic and and, and quite sharp. And um, I just felt like at, at times we give too many of the form players, too much respect, whereas they were the complete opposite. They give no respect. And I think I said to, to the lads and dad, at, you know, during the game, you know, this is Diaz's first hello and welcome to the Premiership. Because as Andy rightly said, he got clattered a few times. And I just felt like Fulham gave us no respect, whereas as Liverpool gave too much respect. And as you rightly said, when, you, when you're struggling under the cosh, the last thing you want to do is give away a daft, a daft goal where Robbo was too passive, wasn't he, Andy? Yeah. And Trent, 
Trent just got sort of like was bullied at the back. Bullied at the back. Talk, talk for the last ten minutes about the performance. I think that first goal sums it up, doesn't it? Because yeah. it was much there's more there's more hunger on the back post and from Fulham, more desire, yeah. more aggression. Yeah. And Trent was just passive and allowed it to happen. Yeah. And that, that was the first half for me, James, in a nutshell. You know, yeah. Robbo letting the cross go in, he could have <laughs> no, he could have that just spluttered on me. He could have, you know, he could have. Going, you know. <laughs> he could have. You right, get your face mask back on. <laughs> no, Robbo could have got, could have done more. Then it goes, it swings in, and I don't think Ali could have done anything more, James, with the goal. But just Trent, we've seen that so many times from him, from him on the back post, haven't we? Just not really having that acute awareness as to what's around you. You've got the, you know, the big centre forward behind you, yeah, a bit of awareness. At least do a bit more to put them off rather than just. I, 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 I think James is right. Is that there should be no there was individual mistakes, but we shouldn't be looking to analyse this game based on individual performances. As James said before, game, collectively, you're right, James. It, it wasn't good enough. The response to the the, uh, the response to them scoring was pretty good as well. I mean, we did we did finally have our first shot, and that's when Diaz hit the, hit the post in the. Uh, which was unlucky. Um, I thought we showed a little bit more. I mean, obviously we showed good good character. Didn't we really get back into the game considering we were playing so on two occasions so so bad? Yeah, uh, so we improved in the second half. I'm obviously just trying to draw some positives. Uh, <laughs> but but you know we're talking about some some positives. We we did create the better chances. Diaz looked pretty good, as you said. You said he had a disallowed goal yeah. in the post as well. And he had a couple of chances in this second half. But I know we'll go on to talk about the impact of Nunes. So I thought towards the end of the first half and going into half time, at least we responded a little bit to the to the to the pressure. Um, yeah. yeah, we did. We did. Uh, I think just just finishing up on that first goal, I, I actually think it's difficult to criticise Trent because in that situation, if you're a fullback and you've got um, a centre forward with the aerial capabilities and the strength of Mitrovic, you're bound to be second best. I almost thought that it was an odd connection that he had with the ball though, and maybe that threw off Ali because I was expecting Ali to do a little bit better. But again, I think it, it maybe misses the point. The point was, I think, that Liverpool were always going to concede absent some fortune, the first goal, because Fulham were the better side. And um, we were just unrecognisable in that, in that first half. That wasn't a Liverpool team I'm used to seeing because they... It was just a soft goal, wasn't it? it was, and it was because it was a soft performance. And, um, you know, the players have just got to look at themselves because it's not a time for panic, is it? It's just a time to say, well, you don't want to start the season off in that way. Um, no point in, you know, playing really well against City um, in the charity shield and then turning up with that sort of cavalier, you know, attitude. The first principle should have been let's dig in, not concede and, and win, the, win the battle in that first, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Anyway, I, I think I think it isn't a time, as I've already said, for pressing the <laughs> pressing the panic button to use that phrase we used last last time. We did get back into the game in the second half. 
Um, and I think it just emphasizes, Matt, that uh, Nunes should have started. I mean, I, I thought he should have started. Should have started. Yeah, again. yeah, you called it. Um, he, he's dangerous. He's direct. He's he's his confidence is high, and I just felt that that Firmino, like many others, just wasn't in the game. Yeah, I think that was the problem because the full press was so effective. Uh, Firmino couldn't couldn't get into the game at all because he wasn't getting any passes from from the midfield. So I think we can't be too critical of Firmino, though. You know, he didn't he didn't have his best. Best, best of games, but Nunes um, complete played brilliant, didn't he? You know all all the things that he's done, he he, he changed the game for us really, and uh, kept us in it. And um, obviously his goal was amazing, but I but, but I liked uh, I liked his um, kind of his kind of assist play as well. You know when he where he headed the ball back back to Diaz and Diaz. Could have scored, but their defender blocked it. Yeah. I like that element of, of his of his game as well. Oh. Um, and he had a few more chances where he could have scored. Uh, Andy and I had a bit. Andy and I had a bit of a razz because when he done that flick in front of goal, when he had that that chance, the opportunity, I was kind of like, yeah, uh, Nunes, why don't you just put your foot through that and get it <laughs> there?" But I think I was a bit nervous, sort of panic. But then obviously, when it came to the goal, you know, I had to eat my words because. He done. He, he he tried the same trick and it and it and it you know he pulled it off and it was you know it was a cla- it was a classy finish wasn't it on balance with with arguably a bit of luck, but I, I think as Matt rightly said, um, Nunes made such a difference. But it's hindsight again, isn't it? Because even when Millie came on, we needed that bit of tenacity and that bit of aggression on the pitch. And b- before the game, would have any of us put Milner in the, in the starting lineup? Not that we don't like, you know, he's a, he's a hero, isn't he, Milner? You know, he's a great player for Liverpool, great serving, but you wouldn't have put him in the starting lineup. But someone like that, and that's what, why hindsight is a great thing, is that, you know, having players like that in the, in the squad to play those particular games, you know, there's a couple of, of changes in that team, i.e., playing Nunes, and, and, and there's an argument to put Milner in the, the starting lineup against Fulham. You know, you don't know how the what toll would have been set from. From the start, which yeah, I was saying, but it's, it's all hindsight. But uh, them, them two players played particularly well when they came on, didn't they? And, yeah. and probably rescued a point. I mean, obviously Nunes did, but I think Milner was tenacious in midfield, getting involved, wasn't he? Yeah, it's interesting because I was saying that the front line fully fit is, I think I used the word, quite vicious or ferocious during the last pod, and we got a bit of a, a snippet of that when Nunes yeah. came. On. Bonio was being being difficult in much the same way as Fulmer being down the other end. Just being just upsetting defenders, causing damage, havoc. And what I noticed, James, which I think bodes well for the future, is that what we were able to do when we weren't able to break down Fulham is just to launch it up. I know it's not a glamorous bit of football, but launch it up. And there were so many times that Nunes almost got onto it, and they were taking advantage of it. So Hopefully now with the introduction of Nunes, when we go into these away games where the opposition is going to be quite aggressive, big centre-halves defending, putting someone like Nunes in there to disrupt the balance is going to be a good addition to the team. And it did, it just, it completely shook up, didn't it, Fulham, when Nunes came on and Milner was actually going, getting stuck in. Nunes Nunes was unbelievable, really, for, for for his Premier League debut. I mean, to come on, you know, to come on and score like that and create chances and just to cause cause havoc. 
you know, it, you know, it's really, it's really, really positive, isn't it? You, you touch on a good point, Matt, as well. It's really, we've had strikers in the past, oh, and currently as well. Like players like Salah, so um, you know, dominated by scoring goals, is so good. But there was just moments, and then just who wasn't it? Because he's just a new player. Maybe he's trying to bring in his his teammates. But there's two two occasions. One was when he squared it across the box, and the head of. Uh, Diaz, where it looks like he's going to be a player who's not going to be selfish and he's going to look for the best angle yeah. for the goal yeah. and he's going to look at the best opportunity to score in that moment. Yeah, so looks, we want strikers to be selfish. And Salah is perhaps the paradigm, isn't he, of the selfish in, in the nicest possible way, of ways, sort of the um, selfish striker, just bent on scoring goals. But you know, maybe Nunes is a bit more of the mobby, uh, the mobby, uh, the bobby, uh, mobby, <laughs> the mobby, <laughs> mobby, mobby. <laughs> The Bobby, uh, the Bobby mold, you know, so he's let he just wants he's gonna play the ball to the player in the best position. I just, well, I don't, I don't think it'd be like Bobby. Well, do you mean like if Bobby's general player? I don't, just, let me, don't make me say Bobby again. Bobby, <laughs> no, but if you if you look at that, if you look at our equalizer, though, it was a really good play, wasn't it? It was a, it was a good ball. Uh, I know, uh. Nunez got a bit of luck because it defended and then he flicked it. He did, he did the kick. At that point, though, Matt, but it was still scored the goal, James, as well. Scored the goal. You think Liverpool are going to go on and win it? We nearly did, though, didn't we? We needed we to did. get we needed yeah. to get that second goal, didn't we? And I think Fulham would have been gone then. It's a gift, though. The, the, the Van Dyke penalty was a gift that completely. Well, I mean, that's it. Yeah. We've had games like that before, haven't we? Were you know, you just know it's not your day. I mean, I think the thing with with bringing Nunes on is that he's hot, isn't he, at the moment? And he just gives you um, a, a, a you direct... you say personally he's hot? Or... <laughs> well, he, as, as Jürgen would say, he's a good-looking boy, you know. But he's, 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 he's going to give us a different dimension. And I think it's... It's a positive, isn't it? Because as you as you were saying, Matt, I think it, 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 his impact was sensational to come on, and also to have the confidence at that age in those circumstances to try those little flicks. I mean, it's you know it bodes well for the future. The lad's full of confidence, and and he's you know there just not, hasn't been much of um, an acclimatization period. He's kind of just you know, come in and looks the real deal. I mean, he looks the business, doesn't he? I know Diaz came in and played very well from the off. I mean, hopefully Nunes is going to be, he's going to be very good and he's just going to get better with time. Um, but I, 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 my heart really sank um, because I thought we'd get back in it when we conceded that second because it's a, it's a, you know, it's terrible from Matty to give the ball away. Uh, in in the build up, and then Van Dyke's defending is is just so indecisive, and then he eventually sticks a leg out, and I, I'm not sure it was a penalty to be honest. I mean, I think if someone like you know you know Salah goes down in those circumstances, there'll be sort of public outrage. But um, Fulham were the underdogs, and you know they deserved a bit of luck, I suppose you could say. But but for me, the defending was from the best defender in the business was shocking, um, and it, I think it's all right to say that because um, that's what you could see. Um, and you know, I, I just think it was one of those days where 
we just started off badly and, and we just couldn't quite turn it around. And our XG was actually higher, wasn't it, than um, than Fulham's, which showed that, you know, it, I mean, it, you could see, couldn't you, that we possibly could have won that match 3-2. Interesting, James, um, you say that, you said it, you don't, I don't think you think it was a penalty. Mello was what we were watching on LFC TV and he was saying that he didn't think it was a penalty at all, but... And me, when we both watched it, we were both saying it was a, a clear, clear penalty. You can't be that clumsy in the box, can you? Just but it's yeah. given the, the referee the opportunity. Let goes out, doesn't it? The opportunity. We know strikers are always going to kind of look for the penalty. It's not. We're not saying that they're cheating, but there's there's that element that if there's any contact, you're, you're, you're going to go down. And we made him look like Sterling. Sometimes Van Dijk <laughs> gets his feathers a little bit rustled by yeah. by yeah, yeah, um, Sterling. Yeah. Ruffled to the say by um, Sterling. Yeah, Sterling does. Yeah, I think he, he makes on Yeah, certain players, but particularly Van Dyke, you know, have a have a difficult game. But we, you know, Van Dyke's normally so good because what he does is he he's forward planning. He's always looking right. How can I get in the right position to deal with to deal with this situation here? And we just, you know, it was it was just so unlike Van Dyke. To be flat-footed and just to 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 stick the leg out, giving the striker the opportunity to to go down. I just thought, even that there wasn't a great deal of contact, the shins or the knee, there was some kind of contact there. Trent was just on to the right hand side on his the wing side, wasn't he? But again, it I suppose he was going close to the goal. But it all starts with uh, Matip James. You, know, you, you want players to be take the risk. It's what the whole pop team's built on, taking a risk in those areas. But I mean, that was such a flat pass to give, and then you then on the back foot, it's almost a one-on-one with Trent and racing back. It's just that that was just again, as I said with Robbo before, just poor decisions that ran. Well, through, to be fair, Trent got back very well, like he normally does. So Van Dyke didn't need to stick out. Was that to Fran? That, yeah, that, yeah. Um, that Trent was tracking back, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there was support, which made it even more unusual because, as Fran said. Van Dijk tends to forward planning and only does that rash tackle when he act, when he needs. So I think he just got done. It's an aberration, but he just got done by Mitrovic. Yeah, I don't know if Frank Flynn before Mitrovic has made him look good. But I, I think he's a good player. I think he'll do well this year. I know he's not had a great Premier League record in previous years. Yeah, he'll, have seven, he'll get seven goals this yeah, season. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you know that's not too bad for Fulham because of you know about being too harsh. He's got two already. A couple, a couple. Well, he's got five to get, hasn't he? And maybe, this is going to this is going to be like a this is going to be like a season monitor. What, what I'm trying to say is that seven target. What I'm trying to say is that, and we talked about it a lot already in the in the podcast. That unfortunately there was plenty of quality going into that game to deal with. The whole armory of what Fulham had to offer in that game, and unfortunately, at spells, players didn't turn up, and we did stick the place out because it was a domino effect. Yeah. As soon as Robbo gave that ball away, Trent started giving the ball away. Matip started losing the ball. Fab in the midfield wasn't his usual wardrobe self of just completely dominating the midfield. Um, passes were going. Van Dyke's pass, long range passing. Yeah, is long just... range. Van Dyke's normally pretty good at that, James. It's terrible. That, that wasn't going on. And do you know what? It just to continue the run because it, there wasn't all negatives, and we will go on to the positives. But Andy and I were um, well, were laughing the other week at Adrian's distribution in, in goal. 
And Alison picked up the bug yesterday and started <laughs> a couple of times. He yeah, sometimes his kicking wasn't particularly great. And we give Alison a lot of grace because he's a world-class keeper and he's so good. But it was this combination, this this domino effect. Of it, it was players. a team disconnect. I think it felt to me um, like a kind of third round FA Cup match, um, albeit like now. In this day and age, you don't play your full team, but you think back to the sort of you know nineties or two thousand. It's like Liverpool going down to, you know, a, a first division team and just expecting to beat them quite comfortably, and then just getting rattled by a kind of aggressive, honest, organised team with the crowd behind them, and and Liverpool. Um, Really, just didn't give themselves an opportunity to 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 get into a position to start playing well, and I I sort of wondered whether we we looked a bit leggy because perhaps the because of the training regime, because this is the the sort of start now, isn't it, of the final week of pre season? Klopp wanted to do two weeks into the into the season post city and I just wondered whether the, the players have maybe been doing the running um in training this week and were maybe a bit lethargic but that that obviously wouldn't wouldn't have anything to do with their attitude but it, it, you know I didn't know that Klopp was going to say that when I was expressing those thoughts during the, the you know the match that something didn't look right and um it didn't look right James but I didn't I didn't notice any levels of a fitness dropping. It just maybe my opinion. You you may all go completely against me. I just think the attitude and the quality and desire, unfortunately, was not there. I don't think Fulham had, apart from there was togetherness. You know, they're very organised and I think honest performance from them. But in terms of fitness, uh, tell me, tell me, give me some opportunities. Well, that feeds into it, though, doesn't it? I mean, if the, if the team showing lack of desire, lack of aggression, you could say. One argument that feeds into the lack of fitness, so they're not able to get as close that, to the that one percent. Yeah, I don't mean lack of fitness though. I, I mean that the what I mean that what Klopp is doing is is he's he's working them as a pre-season for, for a fortnight um, post City to get them get them ready for the the intensity of what's to come. So that they're almost, you know, it's short-term pain almost for long-term gain. It, I, I don't know whether that that's right because, you know, he referenced the attitude, but I just, to me, it looked as though we, we were sort of, you know, like when you play a pre-season game, I mean, we had them, didn't we, recently, where, you know, they just look out of sorts and, and um, you, you know, you kind of get the explanation, don't you? Where, oh, yeah, it's... Um, it's it's pre-season. Was it the Salzburg game that we were where we were beaten? Um, yeah, we beat Leipzig, didn't we? Was it Salzburg where we yeah, got, Salzburg, got, yeah, got yeah. the run around, and it was that those sorts of sentiments then. But listen, I think um, we need to talk about um, the, the 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 positives. Um, we we got a draw, and I think um, get, bearing in mind. Um, how we played a draw is a is a good is a good point, uh, which seems unbelievable to say. Um, and, and we've got a whole week now until Palace back at Anfield, and if we win next week, then 
um, you know, we'll we'll all be feeling a lot better. The only the only lingering concern to discuss finally are the injuries because we spoke, didn't we, last week about midfield depth, and um, obviously we've already got Jones and and and, and Ox out, and now Tiago's gone off, presumably with with a, a hamstring injury that's going to keep him out for several weeks. So we, we've, I wouldn't say it was a crisis, but we've got quite a lot of senior players now um, injured. Tiago, Jota, Kaita's ill, but he's not back yet. Canate, Simakas, Jones, Ox, Ramsey and Kelleher. So that's nine, nine senior players. And, and the, the problem is, you know, Klopp talks about having midfielders. When you look at Harvey Elliott, you look at, um, Curtis Jones, maybe you look at Carvalho, but you know they're they're not going to be much use to you in a dogfight. You know, you you would think that you want your, you know, your, your premium midfield players, the functional players, but they obviously had a bit of a bit of a nightmare like everyone else yesterday. So it's a little bit unsettling that. Um, I don't. I mean, do you think do you think Matt there might be a chance that Klopp dips into the Dips into the transfer market. I think it might the, the injury situation with Thiago might force him to see if he can do something, or do you think he'll just? Well, know... he did. Uh, he did hint. He did hint at that in his interview, didn't he? When he, well, he I... the interview. Yeah. What is it? Well, I don't know whether he said, "Oh, are we going to be short in midfield?" Type thing, didn't he? I don't know. You know, coming back to Thiago now, my my unit is crystallised. I said. From the outset when he joined the club, he, I was concerned about the injury record that he had. I now come to the conclusion that Thiago is a luxury player. I think you're only going to get... No, no luxury, not in the sense that he's... Fran's loving this now. There's a bit of a support for his view in it. But I, I think more so... I think he's a quality player. But I, in, with Liverpool now, given the height that we've reached in the last couple of years, we're going to go full season you know, challenging on all fronts. I think you need to have a, a robust robust midfield. And Thiago has proven not only at Liverpool, but at Bayern Munich and Barca before that, that he's got a consistent injury record. He can't cope with the demands of a full season. That's not unfair in it. It's simply reality. Well, yeah. well, it's, I mean, it's a bit like that. It's, it's, listen, it's a bit like that with, with Hendo, isn't it, as well, to a lesser extent. I mean, Hendo has problems with injury, so does Fabinho. This was always the problem about the midfield debate. It was that uncertainty about how often you would have your top guys available. Now, I say your top guys, they, 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 were, they were terrible yesterday, but you would imagine that, um, that that's going to be a one-off and there's going to be a, a, you know, a, a response next week. But the problem is Klopp won't bring in players to fill a gap. I mean, it's got to be a world-class player. And I think this debate has always been about, as you may have said, Matt, about it's the fact that we've got to keep up with City. You know, City have set freakish standards and we've managed to keep with them uh, and surpass them uh, once. But um, the injury situation is a, is a bit of a concern. We do, um, James. We do talk about Winnie, don't we? You know, only because you use him as, as an example. He used to play 36, 37 
Premier League games every year, didn't he? So you always had someone who wouldn't, wouldn't get injured in that midfield. A bit like uh, Salah, touch, touch wood, doesn't, doesn't get injured. And maybe maybe that's, that's what we're saying. I mean, obviously you can't guarantee or you can't safeguard completely against injuries. But uh, it's talking Kaita, isn't it? An a, lot of our, a lot of our midfields that Kaita, you know, as, as injury as prone. Thiago, yeah. unfortunately, you know, as, as you said, you know, last week, he'll only... He might miss thirty percent of the games. Oh, um, Henderson, yeah, Henderson is is pretty good, but he'll miss games. Even Fab picks up little bits, little injuries as well. I mean, I think it's the intensity of the way we play as well. Is and it? then, uh, yeah, and then you're looking at it as well. I mean, can Joe Jones could come in and do a job? He's getting more and more experience. We know that, but he needs some of the senior players now. Harvey Harvey Elliott is is obviously an option on that right side, but. Uh, it's it's can he get stuck into them challenges and, and things and it and it appears that still he's he's kind of developing his his strength strength as well at the moment and Carvalho seems a bit more of an attacking player as well so I mean perhaps perhaps there is an argument to uh, to dip into transfer that's that did say this if you struggle in the midfield you put Gomez full back and put Trent on the right hand side. I think Trent will get stuck in the midfield. He's not as lightweight as Elliot. He's quick. He's got an unbelievable array of passing. Um, he can he can pass all around the pitch. That might be an option as a cover. You know, you know, you know Trent's going to work really hard. He's going to be in those places where he's most dangerous. So that could be. I know the argument against that is that Trent's one of the best fullbacks in the world to keep him there. You've but, got you've got Bobby Dazzler as well. You can play Bobby in midfield, but I think as painful as it is, Andy. Was flying the flag quite a while back to suggest that there's, there's unfortunately, the midfield is short when you get a couple of injuries, and we've all said it in terms of we're not going to reel off again. Matt's already yeah. put me to sleep reeling off the midfielders and their injury yeah. records, but <laughs> we're, we're all aware that that the, the the players in the midfield and throughout the squad, to be honest, we do have a track record, unfortunately, of having players who do pick up injuries now. The, the, there may be so many different factors to that, the intensity of the training, as you picked up on before, James. Just sometimes, unfortunately, the squad, the intensity that we play at, there's so many different facets to it. But unfortunately, when we do get an injury, and I was slightly uh, being smug and smiling before when Andy was talking about Thiago, because he's, without question, he's an unbelievable player. His pedigree, his ability, I think he does elevate Liverpool in certain players playing around him, and the experience that the young players will get, Elliot Jones playing alongside Thiago is Nunes has already commented on Thiago helping him settle into into the the, the team, and we do need players of that ilk around. But unfortunately, when we do get the injuries, particularly in that midfield, it's very difficult because we are quite weak, and you can bring Elliot and you can bring Jones through, but unfortunately, sometimes you need a bit more steel. And maybe Milner this season is going to get more of it. Where he comes in and, and maybe plays full-back a little bit more. I feel like if Milner keeps playing and progressing the way he is, I know that's daft to say Milner keep progressing because you know mm. he's had such a long career. But he, he's, he's elite, isn't he, in terms of his fitness levels? Yeah. We may see him play a lot more in the midfield this season. I think I think as well, as, I think there's a question that I wonder if Henderson is much more suited to that holding role as well. And... Uh... Um. Yeah. Even you know, even though he he did he did well, Henderson. I mean, he almost scored didn't he, in the last bit of the game. You know, it was a great shot, which which cracked the bar and um, yeah. kind of got away 
and we could have got away with three two. So I don't want to, you know, I, I really like Henderson, and I, I think he can play anywhere in that in that midfield three. He can certainly play the holding role, and he can yeah. certainly play on the on the right right as well. Um, but it's just, um, yeah, it's just finding the right. Like balance in midfield, but I, I don't know what midfielders are available at the moment. I, I the point is, it's an aging yeah, midfield, isn't it? I don't know who's available. The other host team got young, vibrant prospects. So they're only they're not, not really. I mean, they're still 30, you know, the old, um, part of the mill there, early 30s, some of them aren't they? And it's Thiago 30 as well. That's so quite old, though, isn't it? For, for I think it used to be, but now for the modern midfielder, I don't, I don't think it is. Um, I think it's more kind of like prime, prime, but, yeah. Uh, I, don't I think know. what 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 might help um, is that the intensity of the fixtures um, is is quite light for the next few weeks because we've got you know a weekly match so we've got Palace, United, and then Bournemouth. So there, yeah. so Bournemouth is in three weeks. By that time, you might. Um, you might have um, Tiago, you know, only a few weeks away, and you might have Jota coming back, and you might have Curtis back, and then, you know, that that might be okay. We we might be fine. I think it's just the combination of of playing so badly on the first day of the season when we're so excited, and then picking up a major, you know, a major injury. I mean, we, when I say major, I mean. I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but if it's hamstring, it's going to be what could be could be four to six weeks, couldn't it, for Thiago? Um, well, I think he, uh, I think Thiago maybe takes a bit longer to recover from injuries as well, doesn't he? Perhaps, yeah, than, than, yeah. than other players maybe. But as, as you rightly said, it's a bit speculative, but it seems possibly like he does. Yeah, as you rightly said, I just think we try and stay a little bit positive about the situation. I think what you were coming back round to though, James, is that. You know, it was a wake-up call, wasn't it, against Fulham? Yeah. We would. I, I, we no, no, I, I, I think, um, you know, what you don't want to do is be living in a constant state of anxiety as a Liverpool supporter because one of the things last season was that it was so much fun, but it was also quite stressful, wasn't it? And I think that's the, the byproduct of, of competing with City. Because you know you're all, people are saying, but not necessarily vocalising. Well, we're already two points behind now. Obviously, they've got to win this afternoon. But I think we we have just got to we've got to look at it rationally and say it's highly unlikely that we're going to turn out another performance like that. I think that was probably one of those aberrations um, that Klopp's got a week to finish pre-season and get the boys in in good condition for Palace. A week tomorrow, um, that now is a is a big game. Hopefully, we win that game, and then these injuries start to start to disappear over the next three to four weeks, and we don't feel it too much. Um, and, and Nunes, I mean, he, uh, you know, if you're looking for positives, you know. Nunez looks like a very exciting player. Salah picks up another goal on the opening day of the season. So I think, guys, it was disappointing, but um, I, I think we'll be feeling a lot better if we can get that win against Palace a week on Monday. I think that will lift 
the, 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 you know, the feelings of disappointment. Thanks very much for joining us anyway. And uh, we will be back uh, a week on Tuesday after the Palace game on the, on the 15th. Not a great start to the season, but uh, hopefully the boys will respond at Anfield um, against Palace. Up the Reds. You've been listening to Brothers Red, an LFC fan podcast. Your host was James Cullen. Contributors were Matthew, Francis, Patrick and Andrew Cullen. Music and production by Helen Lyon. The best word I can say when describe this was... Boom. <laughs> <laughs>